0: special guest with us. This is Mr. Stevie Howie. and he is an amazing not only singer, songwriter, but he's done a lot of great things so far just in the tender age of his music career. Um, he has a new song that just came out called Shakes, and I'm so glad to have you here, Stevie, with us on Black Canvas today. Well, thank you so much for being a part thank of it. Thank you very much I'm for having kind me. Kind of telling the listeners a little quick, kind of like bio about yourself before we kind of get into our questions.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, so I'm Stevie Howie. I am 22 years old. I live in Los Angeles. Uh, I grew up in Nashville. Um, and you know, Nashville being big music city, I, I fit right in. I played lots of music since I was, I I was like five when I started playing music. I started with like classical piano stuff. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I had music with me, um, basically all throughout my childhood. I was, uh, kind of known as like the music kid growing up, like the weird, you know, awkward, not popular music kid. Uh, but, you know, what's nice about um, growing up and what's nice about moving from, say, like middle school on to, you know, high school, college and adulthood is that uh, differences get um, sort of celebrated instead of suppressed. So what I found was that... Um, you know, it was, it was easy for me to, uh, dive into music even more as I got older, uh, sort of reaching a crescendo, uh, this year, this year is really when I started, um, like actually doing something with my music. So I've always been a person that plays in their bedroom. Um, I've, you know, I, I, I have this little fender strap that goes with me everywhere. Um, it's what I've recorded all of my songs on. And I mean, that thing is like, uh, gotten me through heartbreak, um, you know, past and ongoing and, um, yeah, I always played in my bedroom and I, and I produced songs and stuff, but I didn't really show them or put them out. And I was about to graduate college, uh, this past year when I, I was on a different path. I was, I was going to do something different entirely. And I kind of had this, oh shit moment where I realized I, I, If I didn't do music, I would never, you know, at some point, I think sooner rather than later, I would have to have this sort of inflection point in the trajectory of my life where I returned to music. And I decided to do that. So uh, it was about May when I said I'm gonna do music. Um, They were die trying. So um, I've been making songs, you know, a lot of songs like in the studio ever since, and the studio being a folding table in my bedroom. Um, and putting them out on social media and sharing them. And recently, um, you know, some people have started listening and given me a platform to, like, actually uh, do this for real and, and finally um, get the journey started. So that's where I am now.
0: Well, I think you've done an amazing job up to this point. I mean, you've done a great – I want to first commend you, if I can first start by talking about Nirvana. Which yeah. is, I mean, I mean, how can we not talk about Kurt Cobain? I mean, it's just he was one of my favorite artists yeah. growing up and just listening to a lot of their albums. But your rendition of Smells Like Teen Spirit, I thought was amazing.
1: Thank you very much. Um, yes. Yeah, Smells Like Teen Spirit was is it that it's funny because, um, you know, when you do music, there are a lot of people that will give you uh, the sort of advice that you want to say, find a genre and sort of copy the mannerisms of that genre or find a niche and copy the mannerisms of that niche. Um, and for a while, you know, prior to making smells like teen spirit, a lot of the music I made, I, I didn't realize this at the time, but I was imitating. So like I grew up listening to a lot of John Mayer. And so my, my voice was an imitation of John Mayer. Some of my guitar was an imitation of John Mayer's guitar. Um, and then when i try when i started to get into rock i was sort of trying to imitate machine gun kelly and imitate paramore and like uh smells like teen spirit was the first song i did where i was um i was really excited to do the cover i think someone suggested it it might have been might have been one of my followers it might have been my dad um and i didn't even like the, the first sort of like vocal take that i did I wasn't trying, I was just so excited about it that I wasn't thinking about like, okay, well, how should I do this? I just sang it. Um, and so it was the first time I actually leaned, leaned into one, what I wanted to do as an artist and didn't try to pander to anyone else's expectation. Um, which surprisingly is the best way to go because people are good, you know, bullshit detectors and, um, I didn't, I didn't even realize what I was doing previous to that point. But yeah, I came up with Smells Like Teen Spirit um, and I put it on my Instagram. I put a little clip of it on my Instagram. Um, and at this point I had put like three videos on TikTok as well. Um, like prior to this point, I had a brand new TikTok account. I had maybe 20 followers and I didn't put the video on TikTok for like a week. I just didn't get around to it because I didn't think that it would that people would like really like it. Um, I thought it might get like 20, 20 likes, maybe 25 likes, it might get a comment or two. Um, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating or being hyperbolic here. I'm, I'm being very literal. And then I put it out on TikTok and uh, it started to, to blow up. And I got a million views on the video and it was, a, it was, I didn't even have a finished song. I had basically just made this little clip and I was like, I'll just put it out. Uh, Yeah, so I got a million views and my followers went way up. I think I I had 20 before and then I had 25,000 after like a week. So uh, so that was like the kickstart. That was the, you know, that was the thing for me.
0: It really was. That's when I actually found you, to be honest. Um, That was the song that really stood out to me. And when Uh I listen to your music, I think of you being like a mix of John Mayer, Kurt Cobain, Travis Barker and Machine Gun Kelly. I feel like you have a lot of the four of those artists. There's so many aspects of their music that I can hear in you.
1: Well, Thank you very much. That's, I take a lot of inspiration from all their stuff. So um, I guess it's only natural that I would you know, ooze that.
0: That's great. Now I want to kind of get off script for a second and talk about something I saw. You did a remix of the song Positions by Ariana Grande. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like a good right. segue like we talked about Kurt Cobain and we go to Ariana but I thought you did a, it was really funny and it was really great I think the lyrics were funny too but you did an amazing <laughs> job on that I wanted to kind of talk about that for a second
1: <laughs> that's very much yeah I um that was that was in the summer that was like soon after I started uh like you know like I said like I started getting into this um and it was the first time that I was like trying to do a continuation of an existing song. So that, you know, there's various trends on the internet. It's like, what if I wrote a verse to X, Y, Z? Um, and it's fun to like take an existing story that, you know, a song is sort of um, one iteration of a story and you're basically doing a fanfic. It's like, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, there's like various Harry Potter fanfics. Right. So maybe it's like Draco Malfoy and, and Hermione get together. So it's like this weird, twisted, kind of wrong thing. And that's what I tried to do with the Ariana Grande song. But I, yeah, I thought that was funny. I, that was my, my main takeaway was that it was like interesting and kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I love a great Harry Potter <laughs> analogy. I just love that. That's cool. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's kind of get into our question, Steve, if you're ready for me. All right, so can you tell us, when was the first time you developed an actual passion for singing and songwriting? Around what age that might have been? And do you have any family members that are musically inclined?
1: Yeah, okay. So I started, let's see, so like I said, it started with piano. So I was like five years old, and I was playing a lot of classical piano. And I got pretty into it. I liked it a lot. Um, but then I wanted, to, I wanted to make music that was like, more relevant i wanted to i love the complexity of the music but it wasn't quite as direct so i started of course listening to like pop songs and learning how to play them on the guitar and i was like or on the piano and i was like seven or eight years old and then i started writing i think i was seven and i wrote a song a little song called blind bullet um and it's funny blind bullet i had a very specific idea about the song and like a whole metaphorical sort of story in my head. I never wrote lyrics to it. Uh, and I wrote it on the piano, but yeah, Blind Bullet was the first one. I was like seven. And then towards the end of it was high school really when I started writing a lot of lyrics. Um, I, there was a a point at which, um, there was, there there was a person I wanted to be with and I, I couldn't be with them and it was sort of my fault. And, I started to, to, to turn to my, you know, affinity for music and actually get words out. And that was very, it was very, I think the, f- the first song that I fully wrote that I, it is very special to me is called robbers and I have the lyrics somewhere. Um, I, I didn't type the lyrics out because I want to keep it special. You know, it exists on a physical piece of paper. Um, Yeah. So I started songwriting then, like I was probably 15 and singing. I actually didn't start singing until I was 17. I was 16 or 17 and I had always, it was weird. I had, there was a disconnection in my mind. I I loved music so much and I knew I had this weird uh, sort of premonition that I could be a great singer, but I didn't sing. And it was because, you know, you build up this, this sort of vision in your head of who you are as an artist and everyone that you've ever known tells you you're such a great musician. And when you start to sing, the first time you sing, you might not be great. Maybe there will be a lot of kinks to work out and you don't want to get through that. I suck period and you don't want to let people down. Um, So I think it took me a while to sing. I was also just afraid to sing in front of people. Um, but I didn't start singing yet yeah, until like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's great. And do you have family members that sing? Yeah. So
1: my my mom played a little piano when she was a little girl. My dad has no affinity to music. I have a grandfather that that is obsessed with John Prine. Uh, he actually gave me his guitar. The guitar that I performed, that I that I wrote and recorded. Smells Like Teen Spirit on. He gave me that guitar a few months ago and I had a crazy story about that. Actually, someone stole it a few days ago, um, but actually not that much music in my family. No. Yeah. So I'm trying to blaze the trail.
0: So You've done a good job already. You've <laughs> done a really good job of it. Now, I know you've already kind of talked to us about TikTok and how that really helped you. But can you tell us, like, how do you feel the Internet has impacted the music business? Uh,
1: I think accessibility is the root of everything. Almost everything can be derived from accessibility. So, you know, maybe if I was if this was 15 years ago, uh, the process for me would look much different. Right. Digital music was a thing, but it wasn't ubiquitous. Not necessarily, I guess we're talking 15 years ago, 2016 or sorry, 2006. So there was digital music. The iTunes store was, um, was up and running and it was very popular, but there were still CDs and, um, Getting music out was more difficult. Um, and making music was more difficult. So like you had limited accessibility and I think as a result, it's possible that the sort of the total quantity of great music, if you were to somehow uh, quantize that, if you were able to find that number, it would be less. Um, it would be smaller then than it is now because, in many cases, recording in your bedroom is like just as good as recording in a studio. Um, I could be wrong here, but I I, I believe that a lot of Phineas and Billie Eilish's stuff was recorded, like, in their bedrooms, and Phineas is a, of course, Grammy award-winning producer, he's an incredible producer, Billie Eilish is Billie Eilish, Um, Phineas is also a great um, act in his own, you know, his own, he's a great artist in and of himself, Um, but... I think accessibility means that it's easier to, uh, if you have a vision in your head, it's easier to go to to do the whole process. So it's easier to record it. Um, it's easier to record it really well, and then the big deal is that it's easier to share. So because of TikTok and Instagram, and I mean it's mainly TikTok and Instagram, because of those platforms, uh, I think that. It's more about like what's really special and what's really great. And that will get pushed to the top uh, over something that just, you know, has a market lead because it has a market lead. Like TikTok's really great at that. I think it, it allows great talent to surface because it's ruled by the people. Um, if people decide that they collectively want to stop and listen to your video, then you can be a musician. So um, I think it's a fantastic tool. I think it's really good. I think um on the producer side like i don't mean music production specifically but producers and consumers on the side of the producer um it's a great tool because you can learn how to do stuff really really well you can learn how to produce songs you can learn how to songwrite you can learn how to play guitar um on the consumer side it's great as well because you can find great music that is exactly what you want so i think it's a fantastic And it, it democratizes music, which is almost universally a good thing.
0: And you're right about that. I feel like the accessibility of music has definitely shifted over the years. And I think that it just shows us the importance of people getting out there. And if you support an artist, like the streaming services that we have now, that really help people to immediately have access. I think the one thing I do think that has shifted, I remember when I was younger, standing in line to get a CD and um, for any of our um, down South New Orleans um, listeners, you guys may remember just kind of just standing outside. There was a place called Peaches and they used to sell CDs. Um, And like, I remember like standing in line waiting for the new 50 Cent album to come out and just like stuff like that when I was younger, (laughs) I just remember those moments and how you couldn't find it. And sometimes they had different stores where it cost even more money. They would have only like five left and you would just, you know, make sure that you spent the money to get it because you wanted mm. to make sure your favorite artist was actually number one that week or like TRL being a big show many years ago. And um, when it had MTV Unplugged, there were so many different avenues out there that kind of showed music and, and BET when we had 106 in Park, there was just a lot of just great things in my childhood I remember but now when I listen to music, it's almost like it's a visual representation. You want to see it on YouTube or see it on TikTok or, you know, wherever it is um, located. And then being able to see it there, it kind of translates to the sales. And like the new artists we have now, we can talk about Doja Cat, um, Lil Nas X. There's so many of them out there that people, they know the visual almost before the song. And, and then once you hear the song, you're like, wow, either you're gonna like it or you hate it or it's just something that's, yeah. uh, that you talk that- about that's like a water cooler moment, you know, and it really does help sales, I've seen that.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I, it, I think it's largely about, uh, you know, when you think of an artist, you don't, you think of an artist, like you don't just think of a song, you think of an artist. So like when you say Doja Cat, I don't know, if I were to just word vomit, I'm like, well, pink, you know, there's a lot of like sort of bubblegum pink, sort of like that, uh, uh, like a light, uh, fun, like color palette. And I think of the fact that she's funny. And I think of the fact that she, um, she makes like really catchy pop, but it kind of doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, But her music also does like, it's it's kind of experimental in the world of pop. So it's like a lot of that stuff, comes to mind and that wouldn't be the case if it was just, uh, if all I saw was maybe the the cover on on a on a CD uh, tray.
0: That's true. It, it's just, everything is taking a new form and I love it. I mean, I love where music can go, but I also love just, if I can go back, just remembering having like vinyls, I know vinyls are coming back now, but just going back to just people having that and having that record and just being able to hold it close because it was almost like having that tangible feeling that you can touch it or, you know, or stand in line yeah. and if one of those celebrities or music artists signed something for you, it's just something you just don't forget. And I know since COVID things have shifted for everyone, but I just go back when you say that it just reminded
1: me of yeah. that. Yeah, I have, um, there's like a couple of things, a couple of physical possessions that I have that are very important to me. And um, they're all musically related. One of them is my, electric guitar. And another is, I have a couple of Fleetwood Mac records and like on vinyl and those are, you know, incredibly important to me. And it doesn't even matter how many times I stream it on Spotify. Like I have the, the, you know, um, yeah, I have, well, rumors, like the album means more to me than almost any other, uh, almost any other album and it's not because I have the physical copy, copy, but that expands the experience.
0: It does. You're right. I think that's a great way of explaining it. It expands. It's kind of like a concert, like when you think of seeing someone on Instagram Live, but actually seeing them in person, or being able to take a picture with someone backstage. It just enhances that that experience for a person.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, um, my mind's kind of just going down this deep rabbit hole, and I. I don't want to go down it too deeply cause then it gets really meta. Um, but I think people like to own a bit of things. People like to really deeply, uh, people like to have a nugget of something that they fully know and they fully own and understand. And what's cool about social media is that, um, for small artists like that, that's a satisfying thing as a, um, as a listener is when you find an artist and they're a small artist and you can like kind of fully understand them and you can, you can kind of walk around the circumference and then you arrive at the same point and you, you realize that, Oh, I've seen the whole thing. I get it. And then you can grow with them and then you can own, you feel like you own a little chunk. Like you own one share of, of this small little company, this small, uh, vision. And, uh, vinyls are just a way to do that. Like it's a way to feel like you own this, like someone can't just, take it away. It's why I think that the idea of like streaming services is older than Spotify and Apple music. Um, like I think it was the the Zoom player, the Microsoft Zoom, which was overall a a failure. I mean, some people might not even know what that is. Um, for those who don't, it's basically, uh, it, it was like Microsoft's answer to the iPod. Um, and, For a time there, Microsoft actually was doing a streaming service, a music streaming service, where you could stream any songs you want. And then I think you actually even got to keep the songs. You got to keep like five songs each month. Um, And that would that would exist if you cancel the streaming service. But people didn't like it. And I think it's because people like if I listen to a great song, I don't want to I don't want to rent things. You know, if I care about it. I want to have it and I don't want someone to be able to take it away from me and I want to know it and understand it. So that's what both like vinyls and merch and um, that's all that. All that stuff helps you to to fully uh, feel like uh, you're a part of something as a consumer.
0: That's true. So I have two other questions I wanted to ask in combination with each other. So the first part of it is going to be what's the best advice you've been given and you can tell us who that person was. And the second part is if you can describe your music style in one word what word would you choose
1: Uh, okay this first one it's, it's an interesting question because um there's lots of so many words of advice um that i've heard and that i think everyone has heard um but i'll give one or two that have uh stood out to me so One, there was one like specific quote, and I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but it was basically to ask yourself a question at the end of the day, are you proud of what you've done uh, today? Like, are you proud of what you've done just today? And uh, I I heard that it was like four years ago, three, four years ago, when I was, there was actually a time when I I was about to flunk out of college. And, um, I didn't have my priorities straight and I was making a lot of music and that was great, but I wasn't, I just wasn't doing, uh, what I should have been doing to like make me happy. And I heard that and that was a big deal for me because, um, you know, at the time I interpreted it as, uh, well then I need to like. I need to do more useful work so that I can be proud of what I've done at the end of the day. And I practiced that. And then there was a time in my life when I was working too much and I wasn't really experiencing, I wasn't, um, I didn't have a good social life. I didn't like experience, you know, love the way that I should have. And the the meaning that that quote still applied. It was like, are you proud of what you've done at the end of the day? So if we abstract that out to a week, if you work 150 hours in a week and the rest of the time is spent, I don't know, administrative stuff, maybe it's working out or sleeping. Um, like, are you proud of that? And I was not, I, to be proud of myself and proud of my life at that point, it requires balance. So it requires that you do your best, uh, at your work. It requires that you do your best to spend time with the people that you love. Um, so that's a it's a beautiful like quote because it's lived with me for a while, and it changes and it's still applicable all the time um, yeah, so I, I'd say that's the, that's the one good uh, one of my favorites um, and the, what was the second question again
0: um the second question was if you could choose one word to describe your musical style, what word would you choose
1: uh, um, <laughs> I would say... See, my answer to this question would essentially be the opposite of the question. My answer to the question would be, uh, if I were to be as honest as I I can, it would be that like, I wanna make music that you can't describe with one word. Uh, But if I were to give a straightforward answer, um, to your question, I would say, um, I guess I would say real because anything else I say would just be a reduction. You know, I could say intense, I could say dark, but then I could also say aloof. Um, so I'll say real because it covers, it, it's the least, uh, sort of reduction of the dimensions that I think my music can take on.
0: But I, I love the way you answered it originally, just saying, hey, I don't want to be boxed in. And I think like being a talented artist, you have to be able to be eclectic in the styles of music that you, you gravitate to. You have to be aware of there's a big ambivalence when it comes to music, um, what, what people see, mm-hmm. when they gravitate to or what they expect of an artist. And I think that that's a great point of just saying that maybe there's maybe not a direct word. You know, maybe when someone sits and listens to your music, they have a vibe that they can yeah. pick up and they can say, this is what I, I feel, you know, reaches my soul in a different way. And so I, I think you did a great job answering that.
1: Exactly. I, well, thank you. I, when I think of like the artists that I love and I mean the artists that anyone loves, um, the key thing about them is like the one thing that they all do is they sort of make a new word. They like make a new category right? So Ed Sheeran music, you could describe it with maybe eight words, but to describe it with one word best would now, if you were to talk about a new artist, uh, you would use the term like Ed Sheeran, like, or you would use Ariana Grande, like, or you would use, I don't know, nine inch nails, like, like any, any successful musician, they kind of create a a unique piece of art. So, um, to use any word other than, you know, your own name, or um, to just sort of represent that word with your work is a reduction. So mm-hmm. that's mine.
0: Thank you. Thank you for explaining it that way. You did a great job explaining that for us. All right, so let's talk about your favorite song to perform. Can you tell us what is your favorite song that you love performing? And can you tell our listeners as well, What's new for you if you have any new music coming out very soon?
1: Okay, yeah. Um, So first of all, I'll I'll say Shakes because um, when I made Shakes, um, which is the song that I I just released, Shakes, Uh, it it was out, it was released on Friday this past Friday, so like two days ago. Um, And Shakes I would say because uh, it's perfectly comfortable and um, expressive at the same time for me. So like I can sort of wake up and sing that song. Um, I don't have to like warm my voice up to be able to hit the notes. But I also, it's it's rare that that's the case and it's also like a great showcase of my, my voice. Um, so that song is like right in that little, in the, it's just perfect for me. Like that song, it's like it was built for me because I built it, um but you know not not a lot of songs are like that, like some songs <laughs> I make, and I'm like I have to like sing it a couple times to get into the right groove, and I think the point is that like um your songs should be as close to uh sort of an uninitiated version of yourself as possible, and that's what shakes is, so I love playing that one live, and it also uh, I think it translates really if I should say so myself, I think it translates quite beautifully to an acoustic version, um, which can be even quite different than the recorded version. Um, But, you know, as a new artist, I'm not going and playing live a lot. Like, I, um, I would love to be, and I can't wait to be, but I'm one guy and I record all of the instruments and I produce and mix and master everything. But when I go on stage, I, I don't like playing along with the track. I feel that is uh, disingenuous, slightly. So I do acoustic renditions of my stuff. And that is great. And it's a different challenge entirely, but it's it's not, um, you know, I want to be playing with a band and I want to be playing rock shows at Bridgestone Arena and the Ryman and uh, Red Rocks. And um, I don't know exactly know the path that that will be required to, you know, to get there. I don't know if that will be signing with a major label. I don't know if that'll be like finding just myself, finding a lot of great artists to perform with. But um, yeah, I'm not going and and performing a lot of places yet, Uh, but I can't wait till that happens.
0: I love that you said the word yet because, you know, sometimes you have to speak things out there that you want into the atmosphere and to also, we never know who might listen to this in the future. And it's just, you know, each opportunity that we share with each other and and it can be maybe that life-changing moment for you and you can just say, wow, I remember when I did that interview and, you know, it was a great practice for me just to kind of talk about my music and my new single had just come out and now I'm actually seeing it not only blow up, but that people are really supporting me and really pushing me to a different level as a musician and an artist. So I'm just glad that I'm just a small part of it and that you've been really doing all the work yourself and done an amazing job thus far.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. I think, uh, the manifestation thing is, um, it's for me, it's a complete prerequisite. It's like, um, if you want to be, if I wanted to be like the best at X, Y, Z, like you have to act like that person that would be the best at X, Y, Z all the time, even when nobody's watching. So that's not, I'm not talking about the whole grind culture thing. What I'm talking about is like the way that you talk to yourself. So, um, and I I differentiate from the whole grind thing because it's annoying when people do it. And I think most of the time, people that talk about grinding and working really hard uh, don't actually work that hard. The people that do good work, uh, they talk about the quality of what they're doing and maybe they talk about what they're doing, but they almost never talk about how hard they work uh, sort of unprompted. So as a prerequisite, I just need to say that. But, yeah, it's important, like, you know, if you want to be, if you want to be the best musician in the world, then it's not about, like, faking it and telling other people, like, I think I'm going to be the best musician in the world. It's about, like, really making sure that you believe it. And then it just, it'll just come out in conversation. You don't have to, like, intentionally say it to make it happen. You just have to, like, try as hard as you can to actually believe it. And then when you talk about it, you can just talk honestly. You don't have to alter the way you speak. So I think that is very important. Believing um, whatever you want to get to, you just have to define what you want and what you believe. And once you do that, the rest is pretty automatic.
0: And that's true. And you're right about that. It's kind of like when you talk to someone and, and the inflection of their voice changes or the intonation, you know, what they're sharing is different. You know, it can sometimes for some people be hard to really connect because they're not sure if that's who they are, if that's what they're putting on. And so you're right. I think it's just more about what do you tell yourself internally? What do you believe? How you actually yeah. you know treat yourself on a daily basis. And I love that you said earlier about the time that we spend, what if we're working 150 hours and we'll have 30 hours or 20 hours left to kind of do things for yourself. It's just making sure you prioritize your yeah. energy along with your time management and then you are able to do different things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something that I've found that I really love about music is, um, this is slight tangent, but I love that making music requires a level of balance to the human experience. So you can't, you can't hold up in a room and just work and not experience and not, you know, yeah, not, not experience love and and friendship and, Like you have to experience those things or the art you make will just be weird and uh, aloof in a bad way and it won't be relatable and it just won't make sense. And I know that because I tried to make music at that time when I was working. Um, I was actually doing artificial intelligence uh, and like engineering work uh, at the time a few years ago. And the music that that I made, it was terrible. Like I didn't have anything interesting to say because I wasn't being honest with myself about how I felt about my relationships. I was just putting my head down and working and music requires that you just open yourself up to your own uh, conscious and subconscious uh, beliefs about the world.
0: That's true. So, yeah. Thank you for explaining it. You explained it really well, Stevie. I think like people who are listening to this, we're going to be able to really Gain a lot of insight on maybe just reevaluating the way we go about doing our day-to-day activities and being able to understand like if you want a career and this is great advice for our younger audience if you want a career in music you know th- it takes not mm-hmm. only just you believing and receiving that message within yourself but it's not just about like you said hard work that's you know it's about if it's a job for you that's one thing but this is his career and you know, there's a big discrepancy when people don't know the difference yes. between the two. But I think that that you're right. Like you have to really go into your mind and say, "This mm-hmm. is." I have to believe it when I when no one's around, no one's looking, no one's talking to me. I know I'm an artist, and being an artist doesn't necessarily mean I have to sell out a show. Because there are a lot of people out there who have a big following, and maybe not as much talent as you. You know, to be honest, Stevie, and I feel like it's you know, they have a great team that's backing them or, you know, they, they know exactly what to do online to get that attention, um, more sensationalism, I would mm-hmm. say. And I want you to continue to do what you're doing and going down this path because, you know, as you continue to grow, you know, you will be one of those people, like you said, at cheering with it will be, say, hey, that's the Stevie effect or that's what Stevie does. And people will be able to know that and connect your music in the way you act outside of just mm-hmm. being on stage. They'll know it's the same person.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, very important. Yeah, it's, important.
0: Our, it's important. Oh, I, I appreciate sharing that with you, Stevie. And one thing, last question I have for you is: Do you mind sharing with our listeners where they uh-huh. can find you online? And if there's anything else you would like to share before we end, you can definitely close us out with whatever you would like to share.
1: Absolutely. So you can find all of my music on Spotify and Apple Music and tidal and Deezer and all of the other streaming services that I, that I'm not aware of, it's everywhere. Um, <laughs> my name it's Stevie Howie. Uh, I have two songs out right now. Smells like teen spirit, which is that cover that I, that I said was the first thing that was, um, I, I think a good representation of me as an artist and then shakes, which just came out a few days ago, that would be December 3rd. And, uh, it's my first original song out. I'm very proud of it. I think it's, I think it's a great song. And you can also find me on Instagram. It's Howie.Stevie and TikTok under the same name, Howie.Stevie. And I'm working on, uh, you know, maybe having some music videos, stuff to go on YouTube. So that'll be, you know, coming very soon. But yeah, uh, you can basically find me anywhere, but I, I post pretty regularly on, on Instagram and TikTok. So I think, uh, if you, if you like hearing little small snippets and stuff that doesn't get released and, uh, I think it's a fun time on Instagram and TikTok. So,
0: well, I thank you so much for being a part of the show. I think you did not only an amazing job on this interview, but I think I learned a lot more about you today than I knew before. And so, I'm just very glad that you're gracious enough to be here.
1: Of course, no, I, I'm I am the one that should be thankful to, to be speaking with you. It, it was a great conversation.
0: Well, thank you so much, Stevie, and let's remember, you guys, to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas all right so stevie before you end i had a quick question to see if you're interested in doing this or not um i have my second podcast called space between which is one where we have live performances so if you're open to it in the future maybe if you have time in january february i would love to have you back if you would like to sing shakes and maybe Uh smells like teen spirit or if you have anything new by then i would love to have you back
1: Awesome. dude! Yeah. Thank you. I would, I would love to do that. Cool. Um, I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm actually working on a new track that I'm uh, reasonably excited about right now. So um, maybe this thing that I've, this fledgling of an idea that I just made yesterday might end up uh, being performed on, on your show.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So just keep me posted. Let me know when you are available very soon. And I know the listeners are going to love to hear you and I know your followers, cause you have a, a great fan base. Maybe they'll be able to listen to you until you can get to those live shows. I think it's just great practice. And then I love your voice. I really do think you have something great and I would love to hear you sing for sure.
1: Fantastic. Thank
0: you, man. I appreciate you. Oh, no problem. Well, thank you, Stevie. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Okay. You do the same. Bye.